0: Smells Jesus-y. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We are the aroma of Christ. God has spoken in many ways, but now spoken by his Son. Welcome to Smells Jesus-y, a podcast from Three Crosses Church. Today we continue our series on Bible reading tools. Matt Waldron speaks to us from Psalm 19, Revelation. Here's Matt. I don't know if you know the comedian David Mitchell, but he recently participated in a comedy event uh, in England at Bristol Cathedral. And there was quite a lot of uh, criticism about having a comedy event in a church building, especially such a a historic one. Uh, So David wrote an article in the paper responding to the kind of criticism. And in the course of it, David writes, "'I'm not very religious, but neither am I an atheist.'" I'm a don't know. I hope there's a nice big God, and I hope I find myself believing in one when I expire, but I don't reckon thinking about it a lot is going to give me the answer. I like churches, though. I find them both calming and moving, a combination rarely achieved by TV drama. He goes on. Religion, many people think, is supposed to offer clarity, rules and salvation, eternal and unchanging truths. The woolly and hand-wringing Church of England, the state religion of an increasingly irreligious state, coping with declining congregations and disintegrating architecture, might seem like a poor excuse for a belief system compared with its muscular and unwavering rivals. Far from converting people to its doctrines, it seems more concerned with accommodating the faithless. Maybe that's why I like it. To me, the troubled, thoughtful, and well-meaning fogginess of the C of E feels much more truthful, a much more comprehensible and sane reflection of how the human condition feels than all those more dynamic philosophies. Other religions may have retained the fiery naivety of youth, but the Anglican Church has the mild and tolerant befuddlement of experience, experience, which is the closest thing to wisdom that I'll ever believe in. Well, David Mitchell says he doesn't know if God exists and in that process he's got something right and something wrong. He's right that we cannot think our way to God but he's wrong to think uh, that means God can't reveal himself to us and therefore we can't be confident, uh, we can't be certain, uh, we can't be enthusiastic and dynamic and confident about changing the world because actually Uh, God has revealed himself, revealed himself clearly and yet clearly in a way that can work for us in the midst of all the confusion of real life. So uh, today, I'm going to suggest a way of thinking about that to summarize what the Bible says about it. So the big thing, if you get nothing else from today, is that God reveals himself. So I'm going to draw a crown to remind us of God and a giant big arrow to say that God reveals Himself. The problem so many people have is running around down here, trying to find God, trying to look for God, and that simply is the wrong way to think about it. Actually, what we need is for God to reveal Himself to us. And uh, thankfully, God has revealed Himself clearly in creation. God has made the whole world, and particularly, God has made us. I'm going to show you that really quickly in the Bible. In Romans chapters 1 and 2 okay Romans chapter 1 I'm going to read uh, verse uh, from verse 18 the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. So God has revealed himself clearly in creation. The reason us down here think it's not clear is because of a problem with us. Our wickedness, our godlessness, our stubbornness. But God has revealed himself clearly in what he's made. And not only that, uh, people have been made so that we can understand. So down in Romans chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 12. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. So even though uh, For the most part, people don't know God. We still have this idea that there's right and wrong. We all agree that murder's wrong. And if we murder someone, we generally feel bad about it. If we don't murder someone, we generally feel good about it. And so when God turns up and judges people for how we behave, we can't complain we had no idea. Because actually, we've all got a pretty good idea. So God has revealed Himself in creation, creating the whole world, uh, creating people. And I don't know if you noticed in Romans 1, it said God is revealing His wrath. In other words, God is revealing Himself in the world and in people now. It's not just He created the world a long time ago and revealed Himself. He's still revealing Himself in the way He's running the world. So that's the first thing God has revealed Himself in creation. But you also would have noticed is uh, that only means that we know something's wrong. Uh, We know that we don't live up to the standards we should, we don't look after the world that we should. But that's that doesn't fix anything. It just makes us aware of the problem. So God has revealed himself specially. Uh, so throughout the Old Testament, you can read God revealing himself in all sorts of different ways. So, uh, for example, God appeared in a fire that didn't consume the bush it was in and spoke to Moses. Uh, many of the prophets God appeared to in uh, visions or dreams or just gave them the right thoughts in their head. Sometimes he spoke to them so they could hear. Uh, There's all different things. Of course, there's a very famous story of God speaking to a non-Jewish prophet who didn't believe in him through his donkey. So God can speak especially in all sorts of ways. To remind us of all that, I'm just going to draw a cliche, I'm going to draw a lightning bolt. When people think of God speaking specially, I think they think of of God, you know, hitting them with lightning. So I'm going to draw a lightning bolt. But all of this special speaking of God has reached a final climax. God has spoken in one final, full, special way, and that is through Jesus. So I'm going to draw a cross. As we've been looking at for the last two weeks, Jesus is both fully God and fully human. And so Jesus' work, His life, death, and resurrection, fulfills all of this previous work of of, uh, God in uh, revealing Himself in purifying people, in leading people, Uh, Jesus' life, death and resurrection fulfills those Old Testament roles of the prophet, priest and king. So now God has revealed himself in a special way and he's finished that special revelation. He's given us everything we need and he's now, uh, part of that special revelation is enabling people to specially write it down in the Bible. So I'm going to draw a book around those. So God... uh, reveals himself in creation, and now God has revealed himself specially in all sorts of ways through history, climaxing in Jesus, and now in the Bible. So let me show you those things in a couple of Bible verses. Uh, Firstly, uh, at the start of Hebrews chapter 1, Hebrews 1 from verse 1 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God has spoken in lots of special ways, but Jesus is the climax, the exact radiance of God's glory. When you you look at Jesus, who He is and what He's done, you get the full and perfect picture of God. You get to know God properly. There's nothing left out and there's nothing that needs correcting or there's nothing, nothing that's kind of shadowy. It's all clear and right. And this revelation corresponds with God's revelation in nature, in the world. Because all things were created through Jesus, through God the Son. So there's not any contradiction. When you look at who Jesus is and what he's done, you see God clearly and rightly the way that he's revealed himself in creation. Uh, So is it true then that this all needs to be written down? Well, the basic logic is we'll see it in 1 John, uh, because Jesus is the climax of special revelation. you've only got two options. Either Jesus can keep coming back and dying over and over again, which doesn't make any sense, or you can have special revelations that aren't as good. So that's why there's not ongoing special revelation, because special revelation has reached its climax in Jesus. It's in who He is and what He's done once for all in dying for sin. And so you can't have more. You can't have better. Uh, Yeah. It just has to finish there. So that's why it's written down. 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 put it like this. This is the Apostle John talking. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So John's saying, here and the other Uh, apostles were chosen by god to see jesus to see him die to see him be raised to life again and so that's how they have a relationship with god now they have to write it down so people can know but how do we know they wrote it down right well because that is part of special revelation as well and so for example in 2 peter chapter 1 we read this 2 peter 1 from verse 20 above all you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's not just that God uh, did all these amazing special revelations in history. He did do that. It's not just that it reaches a climax in Jesus. It does. But then... God specially reveals Himself in the way that is written down for us in the Bible. So God reveals Himself in creation, and God has revealed Himself specially. So the question at this point that many people have is, well, that's just this ideal story that I'm not even sure I believe in, that happened a long time ago. Uh, that's not very connected to real life. Now, we've seen it's very connected to real life because... The God who reveals Himself in creation is the same God who came to earth and died for our sins. So how does that actually work in practice? Well, we experience special revelation in the context of general revelation. We read the Bible as people who live in God's world created in His image, who experience general revelation all the time. That's where we read the Bible. So let me suggest uh, three specifics we can... uh, Three things we can say to describe special revelation, three things to describe the Bible, and three things that we do in general revelation in response to the Bible. So the three things to describe the Bible are uh, it's authoritative. Man, this is going to get difficult to write anyway. I should just write authority, shouldn't I? But I wanted to have an adjective. Authoritative. Uh, It's sufficient... And it's clear. Uh, And so what that means for us as we respond to it, the Bible's authoritative, but general revelation still needs to persuade us. So I'm going to put persuade. Uh, There needs to be persuasion happening in the context of general revelation. Uh, It's sufficient, but we still need to apply it. We still need to respond to God's Word. And it's clear in itself, but we still need to interpret it. Oh gosh, I've fallen outside of my arrow. Uh, let me show you a couple of Bible passages that hopefully will make that clearer. Uh, so, firstly, I'm going to stay in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, the previous verse, chapter 1 verse 19 says, "We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts." I've remembered. Uh, The prophetic message, the special revelation, is completely reliable. It is, in itself, authoritative. And so we do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place. Uh, We can look around and, through general revelation, see that there's something wrong. Get a sense that we are in a dark place. And so that is one of the things that can persuade us that the the Bible in itself is God's Word. So, the ultimate reason to believe the Bible is because it's God's Word. When we read it, God is speaking to us, and we go, wow, that's God. Now, of course, there are lots of other claims along those lines, but that doesn't change the fact that the reason we should obey God is because He's God. Of course, there'll be different things that God uses in His general revelation, in our experience, in our world, to persuade us. But the Bible isn't true because I find it persuasive. The Bible's true because... It's authoritative because it's actually God's word. Okay, so the next one, let's look at sufficient and it still needs to be applied. So 2, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So here Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, uh, you remember how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, so you've been brought up with the Bible, which are able... To make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. So the scriptures are able to make people wise for salvation in Jesus. The Bible gives us everything we need to believe in Jesus and be saved. But uh, we still need to actually apply it, we still need to do it. Uh, So Paul says, uh, You know, you know this. Make sure you continue in it. What, what sort of things should Timothy do with the Bible? Well, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So keep being taught, keep being rebuked, keep being corrected, keep being trained in, in righteousness, in doing what's right. Uh, so that the person of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Uh the Bible gives us everything we need to follow Jesus, to help us grow in being able to do the right thing. But we still need to go and do that as people in the world. Different people are going to be doing different things, and as we you know, are equipped to do the right thing, we'll figure out different details about how to do that. We still need to go and, for, so for example, we still need to look after people. The Bible doesn't tell me everything about my wife let alone how to look after her. i still got to actually get to know her. I've got to do the right thing in cultivating that relationship, getting to know this person, figuring out what is most helpful I can do in serving them. We still need to look after the world. The Bible doesn't tell us everything about the world. It tells us how to do the right thing in looking after the world. And as we do that, we learn more about the world and how to look after it. So the Bible's sufficient to train us to do the right thing it doesn't give us every detail. It shows us how to figure that out as we go about living following Jesus. And finally, the Bible is uh, clear, but we still need to interpret it. So again, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 15. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. So, Peter is writing about Paul's letters and says... uh, you should pay attention to them as you do the other scriptures. So he's saying Paul's letters are scriptures, just as the Old Testament is scriptures, just as my letters are scriptures. And they contain some things that are hard to understand. And so the big problem is, some people distort them. Notice he doesn't say they're easy to understand, and some people make it hard. He says, no, there are some things that are hard to understand. And so we need to actually work at understanding them. Uh, work at understanding the parts that are hard to understand, and also work at not giving in to our own sinfulness, not wanting to understand. So the Bible, God's special revelation, is authoritative, but we still need to persuade and be persuaded uh, in the context of living in God's general revelation. The Bible is sufficient for us to know God and follow Jesus, but we still need to apply it and learn lots of things and how to be wise in applying it in God's general revelation. The Bible in itself is clear. That doesn't mean everything's easy to understand. It means we need to interpret it wisely and humbly. So I think this leads to three really, if if I've lost you, now is the time to come back. This leads to three very simple practical outcomes. Firstly, it means the Bible is our ultimate authority. It's not the only authority. The Bible is God's Word. That, that's the ultimate authority. We can always trust God's Word. But there are other authorities in our lives that matter, right? Uh, thinking logically, feeling my own conscience, listening to what other people have to say, listening to the authorities that God has put over me in my family and community. There are other authorities under the Bible. The Bible is the ultimate source of knowledge. It's not the only source of knowledge. The Bible is where I can learn about God and come to know Him and learn how to learn as I go through the world and through my life following Jesus. So there are other sources of knowledge uh, like science and the humanities and all those things. And the Bible is the ultimate uh, place where God is clear in His revelation, but it's not the only place that God is clear in His revelation. We saw that general revelation is clear enough. It's just our sin gets in the way. And so, uh, when we come to read the Bible, the principle is that Scripture interprets Scripture. If there's a part that's hard to understand, I need to try to understand it by the things that are clearer in the Bible. So, uh, the Bible is the ultimate authority, not the only authority. We need to give the right respect to the other authorities under the Bible. The Bible's the sufficient uh, source of knowledge. It's not the only source of knowledge. So we need to learn from the Bible how to learn. And uh, the Bible is clear. So we use th- the most important thing to use to interpret the Bible is the Bible itself. Uh, over morning tea, we'll have some time for uh, questions. Uh, but before that, we're going to have uh, Cam take us through our session on one-to-one ministry just to wrap up and move to that let me remind you of our mission values and vision that we've uh, put together as a church we exist to glorify and enjoy god by being and making disciples who love trust and obey jesus we especially value the bible fellowship kindness and people becoming christians We are praying that by 2026, we will be a community characterized by engaging in one-to-one ministry, rejoicing in bold evangelism and serving the wider community from a premises we can call our own. Uh, This is why we especially value the Bible. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have revealed yourself to us. Thank you so much that despite our sin and rebellion against you, you have revealed yourself to us in a way that we can actually be saved. Uh, Thank you so much for Jesus uh, showing us what you're like and dying to save us and being raised to life again to lead us in serving you. Uh, Please help us to use the Bible for these things. Please help us to... Uh, Trust the Bible as we figure out the other authorities in our life. Please help us to uh, learn from the Bible how to learn from other things. And please help us uh, to interpret the Bible by what the Bible says it means. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.